The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. You're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash and I like to think we are all flawed, but we are also fucking fabulous. Welcome to episode 11. Hello. Woohoo. I missed episode 11. And it's actually the final episode for the season I decided this week and I will be taking a mini break again. I feel like I'm like um, shit break from American Pie. I just have those like times to myself where I just need to like regroup. But um, yeah. This will be the final episode of season two. I'm a little bit busy at the moment and feeling a little bit flustered with life, um, part of the flawed part, and um, I'm just pinching an episode from your previous podcast, Courtney. <laughs> well, I'm here to give. <laughs> yeah, right? you're such a giver. So um, a few months back, I think it was early Feb or March, I was a little cameo appearance on your podcast with Sam, the Spin yep. Studio, uh, spin, the, sorry, the, the Spin, spin Life. Life. Yep. And um, that kind of delves into more like business techniques, tools and everything like that. And it's not really something I ever go into too much detail on this podcast about because yeah. I feel like it's like <laughs> snore. <laughs> but when I don't have anything else to say, I'm going to use it. So. <laughs> well, I think it shows a different side of you to show that you're not just like whatever you've been talking about. Like not your just sunrises and quotes. Exactly. <laughs> There's a different and, you know, layer not down there. Mom, not just, you know, like a, you know, building a family and blending things. Like yeah. you're, you're many different things. Yeah. And a big part of your life is your business. And definitely. I know you don't think people think it's interesting, but it is. Yeah. Well, we'll soon find out. So <laughs> we are going to link to another episode and um, that is all about business and um, keyword in there, resilience is what Sam used. And um, yeah, it's just going to dive into um kind of like how everything works on my business side. Um, there's a few things I did re-listen to it that aren't true and correct anymore. So <laughs> I'll like add to that. In the episode, I do say that um, we have never advertised before. We have only been a business based on word of mouth. And now you're bloody everywhere on the radio. I know. We've done a rebrand and I drive around and I hear our name and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, that's us. And we did a big giveaway where we gave away a kitchen valued at $20,000 to a very deserving Gold Coaster. Um, And, yeah, so we have um, definitely had to shake things up a little bit after the fire and then COVID, which is another hurdle that's not mentioned at all in that episode. But, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I'm coming back in Season 3. We have a bang-up lineup of guests, which is what I've been working on, which has actually been more difficult than I thought to align timelines. So I was kind of running out of things. The podcast initially was supposed to be a lot to do with interviewing people and I haven't really done much of that. So I just thought I'd take a little pause, line up with everyone's availability and then come back with some great content. I've actually been getting like people DMing me being like, I'm going to be on the podcast. Oh, really? I don't even know who you are. (laughs) Wow. They're like, Like, I just spoke with Ash recently. I was like, oh, hello. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for getting to Courtney before me, guys. (laughs) But yeah, so um, um, no time limit. I will be back soon. Bye. Bye. Welcome to The Spin Life. I'm Courtney and here with me is Sam and we are the brother and sister team behind one of Australia's leading brand agencies, Spin & Co. And we have an exciting guest today. 
And I'm not here alone. Sam is here. I am here, sorry. We've ordered Deliveroo and now Raphael sent a message and he's like, hi, I'm lost. It couldn't be bigger, the building. <laughs> the logo we couldn't be bigger. We are starving. Bring oh. our KFC. All right. Let's just rein it in. We're here. We're <laughs> focused with you listeners. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about basically being thrown in the deep end. So much so that Ash didn't really even know what she was coming on here for today. And we're throwing her right in the deep end. But we have Ash Clayton Hornsby with us. And she is a businesswoman extraordinaire. <laughs> I'll take what you're throwing at me. Thank you. <laughs> so a bit of context before Ash tells us a bit about herself. We know Ash because she has a podcast on our podcasting studio called Flawed and Fabulous. And we have known Ash for many, many years because she is the cousin of one of Sam's dear friend, Taylor. So she's been around us for some time. She has. I hear and our KFC has arrived. <laughs> Sorry. So Ash, tell us a little bit about yourself, the business that you're in, sort of who you are, what you do, go. Yep. So I am a the sole owner slash operator of a stone masonry business, which for those of you that don't know what that is, we make marble, granite and engineered stone kitchen tops. Okay, we just took a brief pause there to have some of our KFC delivered into the room. They have found us. All is right in the world. Ash continues. So, bench tops in kitchens. Yes. And that business is called? Hot Rock Granite. Excellent. And what else do you do? Um, at Hot Rock or in... Just in life. Two kids. Yeah, two kids. So, I'm actually a... Um, I, hate, I don't want to say single because I have a partner, but my husband, he passed away... Um, three years ago, and he had started the company um, nearly 14 years ago. And um, then um, three years ago, he passed away. I had worked in the business already um, for about four years prior to that. Um, But when he passed away, I was kind of the main event. I had to like step up and take over and make a lot of decisions. Um, Also in an industry that I am not skilled in it to the sense that it's not my trade. I didn't go to TAFE. I wasn't educated in that. However, I did used to run the office and the accounts side of things. And it was and is a very successful business. Yes. We've definitely um, taken some hits along the way. Um, We expanded very quickly. About six, seven years ago when I did step into the business, we went from having four staff to about 20 in the space of two months. So that increase in our workload was massive. We'd moved locations so we had a big enough factory that we could accommodate the new staff. Um, And then once we knew that we could do that, we kind of just like went for it. All right. So let's get into sort of obviously a lot has happened. You've just touched on that your partner passed away and you were, what, 31? Yeah, 31 at the time. With two young children. Mm -hmm. Let's go back before Mm -hmm. um, Horan passed away. Mm -hmm. So he started the business 14 years ago. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Why did he start the business? Do you know? He was working at another stone masonry place on the Gold Coast. Um, I think he was maybe like one or two years out of his apprenticeship and he was doing massive hours, working really hard, um, but, you know, you're just getting paid a wage. So um, he could see the um, potential Potential. in the industry and – but he didn't really have the drive and he actually had a business partner when he first started, which was a man much older than him that didn't have the certificate, didn't have the trade. Uh. So in this industry, you cannot trade unless you have a director that is qualified. So um, he approached Horn. 
Horn was like, yeah, let's do it. So when they first started, they um, were in Mullandina, which is on the Gold Coast, and they used to work under like a carport. Like it had no walls. It was just a roof. And they used to steal water from the next door neighbour and also electricity. Sorry about it. <laughs> um, so they what would... about the Netflix password? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, um, you know, stayed there for wow. about, yeah, they were doing like one or two kitchens a week. It wasn't much, but in that industry, that was enough for them to get paid the same as what they were getting paid as yep. employees. Um, then they kind of evolved a little bit and they got a, a, another factory in Molendina that was quite small and then they got their first piece of equipment which was uh, the bridge saw which is a cutting machine that um, we only recently got rid of <laughs> we've had like the whole time it's come everywhere with us so it was a bit sad to say goodbye to that when it needed replacing but it had done its dash it needed to go um, yeah and then they were there for maybe like four years got to a staff size of about Five, yep. and then um, that's when there was a falling out between the business owners right. and he just wrote an email and never came back. So that's when we... Wow. Yeah. And so then when did you enter the business? When, um, then, yep. basically when that happened. So um, the previous partner's wife had been doing the wages and whatnot and I was pregnant with Ryder at the time and I was like, I don't really know anything about this business. Can you like show me what you do? Like I wasn't one to kind of sit on the sides and yep. not want to understand wh what my husband does all day. So I had always been consciously involved in what was going on, learnt the wages in this crappy little program that, you know, nothing like zero or anything that exists today. Um, and then, yeah, she started teaching me that. And then when they had the falling out, I already had like the background knowledge of what the office was kind of doing. And then we stayed there for like another six months. And I was like, I can't drive to Molendina every day. We need to find another place. So um, we were living in Mermaid Waters. So it's only like 10 kilometers, I think, but it was like through horrendous school traffic each way. Like it just wasn't fun. So then we found our factory in Burley, took the leap because it was maybe like seven times the size of what we had. Like it was huge compared to that. And then, yeah, we just started to build from then. Amazing. And so then you started working in the office. Mm -hmm. You were doing sort of the accounts. How many staff were you sort of overseeing there? Um, at that point, one – oh, no, there was no one. There was just me. Mm -hmm. So I was doing everything. And then as time progressed, I, like accounts are not my forte. Like yep. I can do the bare minimum. Um, and then we had an accounts lady who came to start working. She did one day, then she did two days and that kind of – and then yep. I was like, I need a trainee. Like, you know, I need an assistant yep. of some sort. So um, then I we had a, like, pretty much fresh out of school, um, a girl come and start working with us and she was, like, our first time, our full-time first, sorry, our first full-time office staff and um, that's when, like, the rest of everything started to grow and then now we have, like, seven people that work in the office. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so is it fair to say, I guess, in those days, whilst you were involved in the business to an extent, the actual core of the business being the actual masonry trade. component and the trade and whatnot, you didn't know yeah, much about. No, and like, I don't, don't get me wrong, I have had a play on the tools before. When I, we go back to the carport story, I used to go to work with Horn in my like bathers and stand out in the sun, no, not good, <laughs> and drink cruises and like wet polish. <laughs> so, because he used to work on Saturdays and I was like, well, I'll go and hang out with you. I love you. So, you know, I'd get out there in my gum boots, my apron and my bathers and just wet polish away. Well, it's like a... 
like a yeah. music video clip. <laughs> didn't look like Jessica Simpson. <laughs> exactly the same. But um, yeah, okay. so I didn't have anything like I have no knowledge of the trade. Like when yeah. I say that, I'm joking. Like we have, we do. We're in the beginning. It was very um, like hand based. It has kind of merged into machinery based for us now. While we still then have the shapers that finish off the jobs, there's a lot happening on machines. Of course, and I guess so. Then, and I obviously, you know, this is a business podcast, so I'm not going to um, get you know hugely into. Then, obviously, mm-hmm. Horn passed away. Yeah. Um, which, aside from all of the personal side of things, and Ash has her own podcast, actually, flawed and fabulous, and there's an episode on there where you go in great depth about sort of more about what happened and whatnot, mm-hmm. and that's really worth a listen. But I can't even fathom the personal side of it. You know, obviously, I was at Horn's funeral and whatnot, and I, I know you well, but I can't even fathom that. Um, yeah. It was. N- for listeners of this podcast, it was completely overnight. There was no warning. He was not sick. It was a complete accident, etc. Um, and then the next day, your hot rock. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, and I didn't actually, uh, when I did listen back to that episode, um, one thing I didn't mention, which is kind of like a testament to like both Horn and I's dedication to our work, is that um, the next, the Monday, he passed on the Sunday, I went to work at 5am that morning and wow. I was the one that greeted all the staff and told them like what happened. Because it was, yeah, and it's super important for both of us. We had such a strong connection to all of our staff, but also they would have been freaking out too. You know, like he really was like the backbone of that business to then think like he's not here, like job security. Like, do I need to go find another job or like what's going to happen? Like everything's going to turn to shit. Um, So like I wanted to be there to be like, if you guys are prepared to do it with me, like let's give this a go. Mm-hmm. And how did they did they stay at work that day? Did um, work it was done? optional. There was um, everyone stayed at work. There was one person that didn't stay, but he'd also known Horn for a much longer time frame. They went to TAFE together, and um, it wasn't necessary as such for him to be there. And then I think everyone else just really wanted to be together. Um, I didn't stay at work all day. I had a lot to do, um, but um, yeah, I spent the morning with them, and then um, yeah, headed home about seven thirty because that's when the boys would have been waking up. So yeah. I kind of just ducked out to be there and show them that, you know. Yeah, wow. Yeah, we'll stand together. And so what was, uh, in those sort of, I guess, early days, when was it then that you, I guess, there's a lot of support that I guess exists in that moment, Mm -hmm. friends and family and whatnot, uh, sort of surround you, I guess. But when that sort of all disappeared, it was just you and Hot Rock. How Mm -hmm. did did you cope with that? I think that um, understanding your business and, you know, being able to set something up where each person kind of has a role Um, Obviously, as I said, huge component of the business just taken away overnight, but everyone was still really strategically placed. What they did, they could still continue to do. It really stemmed into the fact that he was the energy. Basically, then it would be things like, you know, I couldn't ask someone to stay at work until midnight like he used to do to get something done. So it was quite challenging in that degree that, you know, I had to be responsible for everyone, keep everyone's jobs, but also keep the business profitable so then they did have still have a job. And it was just a lot. It was a lot. Um, But... Everyone at Hot Rock's amazing. Like, and that, you know, if my advice to, you know, other business owners is creating that team that, you know, while it, there might be a complete, like, shitstorm if something, you know, really drastic happens, that you have set procedures in place that you can continue on from yep. that. So It's not all just one person. Yeah, it's not all just one person, even though it appears very much so to be. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And so then did you sort of, I guess, <clears throat> continue on – 
as all normal or was it did you change things in the business or was I mean not immediately been, but no to be honest I haven't really changed everything anything really until now like even up until now yeah. I haven't really changed anything it's been a big part of like my decision making process um over the last three years is that Hot Rock was su- successful because of our way yeah so we grew the way that we grew we maintained what we did and um, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself that since Horn has passed away, we have maintained our turnover and we've maintained our profit that whole time. Yeah, wow. And that's been about three years. Three it? years. And then we also, I'm um, going into another, which I can't really say too much about, but I can touch on it, is the industry um, health epidemic, which is silicosis, which is a um, respiral um, crystalline silica, which is a, a lung disease and it's not curable. So it's not asbestos. Um, but it's not as dangerous as that. Like the stone is safe to be in people's houses, but don't be taking like a grinder to it in your house and, you know, um, breathing in the particles. So it's completely safe when installed, but the manufacturing processes of it have really evolved since it first came into Australia. And there hasn't been a lot of great due diligence in the past in regards that where everyone's really cracking down on it now. There was actually one man that passed away from silica and he worked at hot rock um he was actually a school friend of mine that i'd known for a really long time um he was already quite unwell when he came to work at hot rock but we had no idea what silicosis was and this was like nine months before then the whole nation has you know so many people it's like you know shine lawyers are onto it aaron brockovich is onto it like you know all that sort of stuff so um you know that was so like, and finally, he, his um, one-year anniversary is actually coming up in the next, like, 10 days. Wow. And um, that that was a big shock for everyone because when it first kind of came out that that's what he had, he was, like, the only person. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he looked very unwell at the time. Right. Um, but we kind of, like, thought it was something else. And... Um, you know, we're like, you know, you're not eating enough. Like we're trying to give him like protein powder and like buying yeah. burgers and stuff because like we were like, you're so skinny. Like, you yeah. know, what's wrong? Like he's like, I'm eating. I don't know what's wrong. And so his brother actually worked at Hot Rock too. So, wow. and he has a different form of silicosis. It's a very common um, for someone that's been in the industry for 50 plus years to end okay. up with a little bit of, you know, um, scarring on their lungs. But that was from a natural product. And that the components in that are like 26 to like 40% of this silica. Whereas when you're dealing with a man-made product, you're in the 95s, 96%. So right. the potency of the dust went in the past 10 years has like blown out since the product got more popular. Yeah. How important do you think it was that you were involved, you know, in the office and, you know, with the accounts team and whatnot prior to sort of then being thrust into having this whole entity that you had to take over? I think super important. I know that there's probably a lot of, um, you know, both women and men that are listening to this that have a husband and wife like combo or, you know, even if it's brother and sister combo that one person does one area and then the other person does this um, and that's what horn I wear. Then you have the other where the, the wife doesn't know anything. Yep. about the business that and that's what a lot of people have messaged me about they'll be like oh my god I wouldn't even know where to start I don't even know who our accountant is yeah you know just things like that so you know while it's not interesting to you know the stay-at-home mum to know about it that if something was to happen overnight adding a financial strain to those problems is like horrific so yeah. for me I had like a survival fight to keep my life the way it was. I wanted my income. I wanted yep. that stability. And I'm glad that I did know the ropes, so to speak. So one way I want to sort of try to make sure that obviously the things that 
we're talking about aren't always related, mm. relatable to everybody. So I want to try and make sure that we are giving tangible things that are relatable. And so one thing that you've just said that resonates with me is, is that like it's about having a good team around you and processes in place. And one thing that we've been doing internally here, um, I'm not, have I talked about my cancer diagnosis on this podcast. I'm not sure that I have. Oh, yeah. I've received a can- I have cancer. Um, and so... <laughs> Newsflash, guys. Deal with Sorry. Moving on. But one thing that I'm thinking a lot now about is that, like, I need to make sure, I, I, you know, I, I could be getting, having to go have surgeries and things not be at the office with the 20 million hours that I'm able to prior to that. Um, so in my mind now is like, wow, there's a lot of things that I do that if I'm gone for more than one Long day... That will have a big strain on the business and nobody knows where to find this, what this is, what, what, how to do this. And that's yeah. not a good way. And actually it's something our dad used to say to us when we were younger. I don't know if you know, dad used to be a manager of a big business. Um, and he used to always say like, no business should ever operate around one person knowing Everything. one role and you can't operate. It's not, I think a lot of people have pride in like, oh, I'm indisposable. Yeah. I'm the only one that knows, but that's actually a very bad way to run it's a business because, you know, if I go on a holiday for three months, what then? You know, so I think it's important that, as you were saying, it's important that people know lots of different and, things because otherwise you're screwed. Yeah. And Horn very much operated like that. He had everything in his head. He knew like what stone was in that stone rack as an off cut. He knew what jobs were coming. There was no paper trail. There's nothing. He just held everything in his head, knew how much that job was, when it was going out, da, da, da. And then when I've come in, like the control freak I am into the office, I'm like, no, 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 we need like a schedule, like a written down one. And then he would like got me a whiteboard and I was like, no, like a computer system, <laughs> like not something that you can wipe off. Do you like try. a whiteboard though? <laughs> it was probably a blessing that you came in when you did then because if you hadn't, yeah, it would have all been in his head and it would have been yeah, gone Yeah, and then that would have been a lot harder. So having, you know, procedures, schedules. Even that though, I mean, putting that aside, he would never have been able to scale the business oh, if he'd no. have continued in his head. He would have tried. He really honestly would have tried, but it would have failed because exactly. like, so you know, as without the that, you, get, you wouldn't you have helped things. the scaling component. You know no. what I mean? So aside from obviously that horrible end to it. To yeah. make up for the mistakes. <laughs> it, it, I mean, realistically, when you're trying to scale a business, those, you know, documentations and procedures are what allows you to continue to scale without having to then go back and be like, what happened here? What's going on there? Yeah. Um, and like you said, making stupid mistakes that really with a computer system or whatever won't exist yeah. um, for sure. So probably good not only for the, obviously the, the mm. obvious, but also good for the scaling component, yeah. which you probably wouldn't have admitted, but. No, um. definitely not. <laughs> and then touching back on like closing off the silicosis, where I was going that is we actually then had to health screen everyone. The whole industry had to go through a massive health screening wow, and that great, wiped though. out hundreds if not thousands of employees across Australia. Wow. Um, I, in the space of a month, lost seven full-time employees. And because this is happening through the whole industry, there was no one to fill what their positions. What do they go on to do? Pardon? They're on work cover. Oh. So um, some people have like a terminal diagnosis because wow. you can't, unless you have a lung transplant, there's no cure. Wow. Um, and then others now, the degree of their diagnosis, because it was a bit of a government whirlwind um has kind of they've reassessed the situation has been two years since diagnosis and they're like okay we can maybe find employment for you it's not as dire as we thought which is very detrimental to a lot of people's mental health especially if you've worked for 15 years and now you're sitting at home every day so absolutely yeah so then there was 
that. So we overcame that. And I think like I'm like a little bit like resilient slash Teflon. <laughs> like, you yeah, know. absolutely. And then obviously the fire that I experienced with my entire business burning down um, two months ago. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's just like, <laughs> how is that even? Well, if anyone that knows me like you guys do, it's just like a head shake laugh that you like. It is. You, Fucking kidding me, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's yeah. it's true. Any when we got the message, we were on the way to um, Brisbane and for um, Christmas family lunch. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was on lunch. Boxing Day, just yeah. to really. We'd been closed for six days. We finally finished a, another horrific year of like machine breakdowns and problems, and we're like, "Hey guys, it's holiday time. Yeah. That's why we're never coming By back." The way, <laughs> <laughs> hope you clear that your locker. <laughs> um, and I just feel like unless someone knows you really well, you'd be so insensitive because it was just like you had to laugh almost. It was just yeah. like this is just. I was laughing. How is there not a? How is this Where's even possible? Oh, just laughing. That's yeah. for sure. He's yeah. like yeah. butter again. <laughs> and um, take that. <laughs> and then yeah. with the fire. I had a choice to sit and do nothing and obviously given the last two scenarios that I've been through, sit and do nothing was like a little bit appealing but it also wasn't an option. So having a good team. Was it not an option because of who you are or because you were like, I've come this far? Both. Right. And it was also like, oh, my God, like this can't be it. Yeah. I haven't gone through all this shit to have it like burn okay. down. Like, in an accident fire. Literally. Yeah, in an accidental fire, yeah. Not even a fire related to the bushfires. No, yeah, to Just clear that up, there, there was no fires on the Gold Coast and if anyone's going to have one, it was me. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't your factory that caught fire, it was next door. Yeah, so I owned the whole building and yeah. then they caught fire and then they melted my premises and given that we are full of machinery, it was like warp zone. Everything was just warped and smoky and wet and, yeah. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. So part of that is because my team love where they work so much and that was the environment that we had created – they were like, we're on. What can we do? We'll do anything. So 10 days after the fire, I had already signed a lease to a new factory. I was already like, we are like salvaging anything we can get out of there, whether it's paperwork, accounts, things, anything, you know, tins of glue, whatever. Get it all out. The place is getting demolished in 10 days. And yep. then let's go to this new little micro shed and we're going to make it work. I want all these people to have jobs. I don't want them to go anywhere else. Um, So that was obviously influencing my decision. Absolutely. Um, And then, yeah, now we're like from – we have nearly been in that factory for two months and all of our machines have been installed. We are actually making – turning over real jobs and making money Um, and that was because the team just came together and basically got it done. Yeah. I How do you determine someone who's like going to fit that mold or doesn't? Because you know, we, so when we hire, here, they don't it's all very fit. Different. Some no, like some course. are the sheep that follow the herd, um, and then yeah, they don't. They, they, then you kind of like, eh, like, or the pe- person that's complaining. I don't want to do that. That's not in my job title. Like, da da da. I'm like, well, mate, do you want to be here? Let's yeah. start with that. And if your answer is yes, well, that requires this, this, and this. If yeah. you can't do that, well, then you really need to rethink your position here because we're a team. Even though yeah. you have your dedicated role, we're still a team. Yeah, and you've got to help the team out you know, yeah. sometimes for sure. And do you think so? For when we hire here, we don't necessarily – I mean, there are certain jobs obviously, but generally speaking, you don't need a certain qualification to work here per se. In some of our roles you do, like I said, yep. you need a certain you know skill set. Yeah. But push Aaron over there. Um, <laughs> you, you need a skill set that we're trying to hire. But for some of our roles, and I've done it before, I'll hire someone that maybe has no experience, but I think is Multiple. the right fit for yeah. our. And I've of done team. that. 
not okay. not within um, to be a stonemason. Like yes. obviously you have to. But if you're okay. a labourer or if you're um, in the office, for me, because I work in the office, it's like you have to be pretty rad to be in there because you have to be like, on board with that Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like we actually like what day is it? Can we bring it forward a day? Um but yeah, so the I don't care kind of what you and your skill set is, so to speak, in regards to like office wise, as long as yeah. you got can do, you know, don't take sick days, like you know, obviously if you are sick, but not like take the piss days. Like yeah. we are still a small business even though we're big. Yeah. So everyone's doing their own roles that if you're not here Someone else is picking up the slack. Yeah. And like everyone has their work to do. But there's not, I think it's, I mean, I've worked in a lot of workplaces, obviously, before we had the business here and whatever. Um, and I think that it's it's interesting to see. It's quite a rare thing to find when someone has any concern for their colleagues in the mm-hmm. office. I, I don't think it is that. I think it's a lot harder to replicate when the owner of the business is in some way present. Mm-hmm. I think that culture starts to sort of culminate from there yeah. when it's a large organization it's just ceos and things like this i yeah. don't think people care as much but it's quite difficult finding people i think that have that mentality of um i'm not feeling the best today i could easily call in sick but i won't yeah because it's just going to affect x y and z yeah and i say my staff would be like on a like 60 40 ratio like 60 percent will come to work sick yeah and 40 percent like these they see their eight hours clock up on their pay slip and they're like oh <coughs> Sick I'm not day. well today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's one of the biggest issues, I guess, with businesses when they scale. You end up having to make allowances at times and maybe that number was 90, 10 at one stage and yeah. then slowly it creeps and creeps and creeps. And, like, obviously within the, the silicosis component, we lost, that's like, wild. you know, the, the, the key players in our factory because yeah. they had been exposed so much. They're the people that work the hardest. Yeah. So then the reward is, like, this industry health disease and, um, you know, then it's hard to re- replace, like, Six full-time employees. It's very hard, especially when work- everyone else is trying to do the same thing at the <laughs> yeah, same time. Yeah, and they're not working 40 hours a week. They're working like 50 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. So it was like massive. And that was before Christmas, which is our peak. So yeah. it was just like I have this joke that Hot Rock has like nine lives because our clients are so loyal and so dedicated to us. So we're like, hey, like, you know, horns died or, hey, we have silicosis now. And then, hey, yeah. our factory burnt down. And like just before the factory burnt down, we actually had one of our main machines down and out for five weeks. Wow. And so um, this is like lingo talk where an unamount sink, if you look at your sink at home, it either sits on top or it sits under the stone. And this machine will do one of those in 25 to 35 minutes. To do it by hand takes five hours. Oh, God. Yeah. So that was an interesting part of Christmas too. Mm. Fabulous time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. How does Hot Rock find new clients? Um, we um, actually have been purely word of mouth. Yeah, right. Um, and that, I guess, is a testament to... Um, our staff, yep. um, the work that we produce. But your customers aren't like, you know, Bob and Jane are building their own home and they're looking for a stone bench top. It's more like a commercial builder who's doing 10 houses or something? Or is um, it, No, we're, we're actually the general public. More so, the general public. Yeah, okay. but we're also cabinet makers. Cabinet makers are our clients. Okay. So they're kind of trying to find Jane and John Smith. Yep. And then once they have them, they send them over. We've never advertised yeah. Not once in 13 years um, because we haven't needed to. Sometimes I'm like, oh, it's quiet. We should do something. And then I'm like, oh, come up with all these plans. And then I'm, we, yeah. 
Boom. So, and that's for the universe and putting it out there. We've had that conversation. We have, yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, good good things come if you want them to come. And we've always been like customer service and, you know, bending over backwards for our clients within reason um, yep. to, to make them happy. And that stems out to word of mouth and, you know, everything like that. And plus, I've, we know a lot of people. It's the Gold Coast. So, you've got some friends with big mouths. They're like, yeah. you know, off you go. The yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we've kind of like the underdogs yeah. in that degree. Like we, um, we're we not quite the biggest guys on the the block and then we're not the smallest. So we're just in the middle and then we're just happy like cruising at our own Cruising, pace. doing your own yeah. thing while you're trying to jump over all these hurdles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I you. was saying to someone the other day. I'm like, look, we can see the goalposts. We've just got about like six more hurdles to like get there. We've gone <laughs> past ten of. others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Throw another few like ones that flip up like the bowling bumpers <laughs> yeah. and you've got a couple more. Good to go. And so we're sort of talking in this episode a bit about, um, I guess, being put in a position that's, you know, you're kind of not ready for it and, mm-hmm. and whatever else. Would you say that was was your personality before having been thrust into this position, taking over this business, was getting out of your comfort zone and things like that, or it wasn't? I've always tried new things in business. I'm kind of like that entrepreneur that really just wanted to find something that was true to me, my personality to do, and they kind of all failed. Right. And then Horn had this like really successful business over here that um, I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. Like I'm over here doing my things. And yeah. then I kind of realised... I need to be on board with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like, it is my skill set. I come from an office administration background. Yeah. So then once we kind of joint forces in that, it like pushed through. So in regards to whether like I would tackle a problem, yes, I always would. It is in my personality. I'm not really a giver-upper, if that's yeah. a word. Um, but it's also sometimes knowing when to give up too. And if I had to give up because of X, Y, and Z, I would. Yep. But this didn't feel like that for me. I was like, I can fix this. This is We can figure this out. Um, this isn't the end. Yeah, for sure. That's very interesting. We've got a couple of other questions I'm going to ask you here that are just sort of like mm-hmm. wrapper up ones. Yeah. We've written them down because you had to leave the room. Mm-hmm. But um, what is the one thing that the average business person listening to this might not be thinking about? What do you think is something that, you know, a lot of people who own businesses or even starting businesses listen to this podcast and there might be something that you've experienced that maybe they haven't Mm -hmm. thought about or they've thought like, oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Well, for me, insurance. um, That's an interesting one. Yeah. Insurance policies and procedures are definitely a key. They're not things you can do later. You never know. What sort of insurance are we talking? So... (laughs) all different, life insurance, business insurance, um, contents insurance, all these sort of things. You never really know. Life is unpredictable. So having your insurances in place make these situations a lot less, uh, sorry, a lot more manageable. So um, obviously with the fire and even like work cover, silicosis, like that's mandatory in like the trade. But, you know, having all of these things basically allows you to continue. Like if I didn't have any insurance and my factory burnt down, one, my asset, which was the building, gone, two, my business, gone, that would make my net worth zero. But having these insurances means that I can can rebuild. And, you know, I could have got paid out too. I didn't have to choose to do this. I chose to do it because I see that there's the potential for it to continue the way that it was. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, after everything that we've been through, to like to see it all an empty void space on Asphalt, I was like, wow, that's just like 
crazy. So to rebuild it at our own pace, um, you know, have that financial support coming from the insurance companies to get it there is definitely because that's not a glamorous topic. Like people don't sit around talking about that, but like, oh, I've got this new design that I'm coming out with and it's fabulous. But, you know, like it does, if you don't have insurances and something goes wrong. Sure. And I think for a lot of people who are thinking about insurance and their business and whatnot, it's a bit sort of like, what do I do? Where do I start? How do we go about things? I'm not sure about you. For us, um, we have a broker. Yes, I have um, a broker too. And the best way to do it, I think, is to have a broker because, you know, double AMI and um, Suncorp, they're not going to send a person out to you. They no, want you to call, tell them per- exactly what you want, and then they, they pers- just give it to you. Not business like personalize your business. So they yeah. come to you, they know all these policies, they've researched it, it's their job. You think, yep. oh, they're making a commission on it, I can save money here. Insurance is not something to be tight with. No, lawyers, like, accountants, insurance. Yeah, like do not be a tight ass when it comes no. to insurance. I think I had, maybe, oh, I still do, maybe 13 different insurance policies for Hot Rocks. They all do different things. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and that, that's so important. And I think that's why a broker is so important because they can come in and they will- And they go to bat for you. Nine times out of 10, well, He's they go handle- to bat for you. Yeah. But nine times out of 10, they will locate for you the insurance you may not have even realized you needed. Yes, 100%. Because I still one, I don't even know what all the policies do. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like, not but your job. There. No, you know I mean? like, and that's what a broker is there for. And, you know, d- yeah, don't be a tight ass when it comes to, like, protecting yourself in business because a lot can happen. Yeah, especially, and, you know, I guess people to give context inside your business, you know, you had cover for, like you said, the building and the contents, but also, like, the fact the business was basically lost. Yeah, and like inter- business interruption. Interruption, then um, I had, like, staff wages. Yeah, cargo, like, cargo insurance. Like, there's so many different things. Like, yeah. you know, even, like, if I damage a piece of stone that didn't belong to me. Yeah. Like, but there has to be a specific way that you have to make sure that stone doesn't belong to you. Like, they have to pay for it pay a deposit for it and then it's theirs if they hadn't paid that it's mine yes i still yeah so just little things like that and my broker told me that yeah they walk you through that's the job yeah you know so and it's it's, you know all brokers will usually come and meet with you for nothing like you know what i mean like have that meeting with them find out i mean public liability is one of those things that a lot of people don't have yes um that is super important you know what i mean in so many ways if if they're like you know i can save like no well like if i can save you like a hundred dollars a year on this but i have to reduce it by a million dollars yeah no darling like you pay the hundred dollars and you max that stuff out because you want as much sitting in that kitty as you possibly can when the time comes the time comes that's the exactly right sorry if if the time comes. If the, when, for me, it's when. <laughs> <laughs> when again. <laughs> it's like my health insurance, though. Like every year it lapses and I'm like, well, still don't have glasses. <laughs> Thanks very much you for that. like me. And I'm like, but if I actually had to go to the public hospital and like, we'll say for example, not. my sunrider seems to have a lot of head splitting incidents. It's not yes. me. Um, <laughs> but then with like taking him to the hospital, like I took him to the private hospital, I was in and out in 45 minutes. Yeah. My time is quite valuable. So if I had to go to the public yeah. and I'm sitting there for my 10 minutes. My patience is quite valuable um, <laughs> and people don't want to see it when it's lapsed. So I actually have insurance for their benefit, not even my own, public to be service. honest. Public service. Public service insurance. Literally. As always, it's my CSR approach for the company. That's how I give back. Love it. Um, yeah, it is so important. But, yeah, I'm, I'm also that it's person boring. who has, like, massage insurance. You know, like, what's that massage? Oh, yeah, like thing like You can claim the – and every time they try to explain to me, I'm like, Extras. it's too hard, I'll just pay. Extras. Yeah, I know. They're like, do you every have a health time. care card? And you're like, sorry, and they're like, if you have to – you go online and you claim it, I'm never doing that. <laughs> like, if you can't I do it here, I'm never existed. doing it. <laughs> or if you're like, can you swipe your card? Um, I think when I signed up for the policy, you sent me a card to me nine years ago, and I've never seen the card again. So, no. Because I don't – like, I'm not – Barbara Sharon, you have someone that has like 100 cards in their wallet? Yeah, see, I, have, I think I have literally two. 
Two. Two. And one's a license. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, one's a one's a license. To be fair, I'm missing my um other card. It's currently behind the bar at Catch New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> running up a really True big story. <laughs> Well, anyway, you win some, you lose some. Um, and then my last question here: What would you put your success down to if you had to choose just one factor? Just one factor. Um, I'm going to answer it for you. It has to be resilience. <laughs> If it's not that, then what are we fucking doing here, Ash? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, should I come up with something creative? Because I'm like, yeah, resilience is definitely it. I'm very like, like, I don't know if it's a gangster, but like mm. Teflon Peach or someone, like that's like me. Like it just doesn't Teflon stick. feels a little bit too like green. <laughs> okay. It is just like badass <laughs> resilience. Yeah, okay. To be able to keep turning up, to yeah. go in the next morning at 5 a.m. after what happened with Horn and be like, hi, everyone, um, I'm here for you guys. Yeah. Fuck all of you. Who's here for me? <laughs> Like, no, wow. true, yeah. So I think, it has I think sometimes I forget the process of what I've done to sustain that business. I think to an extent your mind has to have shielded you from it. Yeah. At some stage it has to put up a I wall. I couldn't be this happy yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like, like it yeah. must be like, forget this. Yeah. You know and it's I mean? like I think your body and mind can do that. They can protect you from things that aren't going to bring you, you know, good. So, yeah, I'm happy that those things don't flag with me as a day-to-day issue. I yeah. like, I love business. I love working. I definitely was never going to be a stay-at-home mum. Yeah. Um, I would l- like literally like do pay money for my kids to go somewhere every day so I don't have to spend time with them. Yeah, <laughs> like, but for someone, yeah, yeah so that like, you yeah, can focus on. Yeah, it's a school on. now, but yeah, like, yeah. like kindy. But, yeah, you know, I like being around adults. I like seeing creative things happen. I like, sure. you know, seeing, you know, small small things turn into big things for the right people. Yeah, 100%. And I think also um, what's important for people to listen, because we have – it's been a long episode, so we'll wrap it up here. Yep. But um, I think what's important for people to know as well, like it's not even just obviously – this enormous hurdle in taking on Hot Rock, but now you're, you know, en route to starting a, a few new businesses, yeah. rather substantial businesses as well, which is super exciting. And even though they were in the plans and then the fire occurred, you're still pushing forward. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that's why I said it has to be resilience because the average yeah. person would surely just be like, well, that's the end of that. Stocking <laughs> yeah. shelves at Woolworths it is. Into public hospital we go. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a there's a bar and I've set for myself and yep. I'll keep going for that at That's all costs. And God my... just keeps nudging it up yeah, a little, yeah, little like, bit. Yeah, he's like, chin up, bar yeah, just, just getting higher and higher. higher. But, yeah, but I think even another good message from this episode is if you're sitting and listening to this now and you're a business owner or wanting to start a business or whatever else, I am 99% sure that you haven't come anywhere near the level of I didn't even know the hurdle, life <laughs> challenge that Ash has come up against and still pushing through. So you're a fucking lazy asshole. Get off your chair <laughs> listening to this podcast and message, go and do it. <laughs> it's definitely my message. But, but yeah, do you know what I mean? So people have give excuses. Yeah, give it a shot. It would have been so easy for you to pack it in so many times. Yeah. We, and we've actually only covered the really big hurdles here. There's been so many smaller ones yeah. along the way with how things went down with Horn Post and yeah. you know, things like that that would have been so much easier for you to just go, I'm done. Like you just said, your insurance would have just paid you out. You could have walked away and been like, that's the end. Thank yeah. you very much. Still not. And there are some people out there who are like, but I can't pick what logo to do. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear it from you. You're a fucking annoying. So I think that's super important. I think people need to understand Thank that. Thank you, Sam. My head won't fit out the door on the way out. That's exactly as we like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm widening it for myself. So let's just <laughs> fit Cone more people in. On the way out. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything else to add? What else do you think? No, Nothing else? You know, uh, just touching on, you know, insurance is very important, but give it a go. Like if you sure. feel like, you know, that you have the spark, you have the idea, at least try. Don't have a what if. No. Don't have the what if. Don't, nah, give it a shot. I mean, if someone without 
you know, any experience and, and no real idea of that component of the business can take over, continue to grow it and whatnot. And, you know, it's one thing to grow in earlier years, but to maintain growth even in these later years, that's unbelievably difficult for companies to do, um, should be an example for a lot of yeah. people. So get out there and get moving, ladies and gents. Get yeah, moving yeah. and shaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, so the spin life. Um, Courtney normally does the wrap up, but she's left me abandoned ship. She's dived out of the canoe. Um, so Don't who knows what's I happening here? Ash has no idea either. <laughs> Button pusher Aaron's just laughing at me. What's new? Um, so that's that episode. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next episode. I don't know if there'll be a next episode. Don't know when this goes live, but it will happen. It will come together and Courtney will yell at me later. Thanks for listening and bye for now. And as I said, guys, I am taking a short break, but I will be back soon. And as always, thanks for tuning in. And just remember, we are all flawed, but we are also fucking fabulous. This podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. To stay up to date with me, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review and follow me on Instagram at with Love Ash.